Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Discussing Who. We are back for our next episode, and tonight our topic is going to be returning to one of our favorite subjects, Doctor Who. I'm very excited about that, and I am welcoming back somebody who hasn't been with us for a while. I was about to say that well, we're sorry that Lee can't be with us tonight, but guess what? <laughs> Lee is with us tonight. So, Lee, I, I'm, I'm not going to introduce Clarence first. I'm going to introduce you first. <laughs> Welcome back, Lee. Thank you. So, I just didn't want to talk about Suicide Squad. That's, you know. Uh, see, that's what <laughs> you're saying. So. And, you know, you, stranger things happen. And then, right, of yeah. course, you know, but, but you're back tonight. You're back for a very important reason. And that important reason is we're talking about Dr. Who. We're actually discussing who. Discussing uh, who, exactly. It's amazing. So joining me as always is our other co-host of the show, Clarence Brown. Hey, Clarence. Hi, guys. Glad to be back. And it's also good to see Lee has returned from the upside down in in Stranger (laughs) Things land. Yeah, and and survived Amanda Waller. I mean, I don't have to come up with a (laughs) corny joke or anything like that. Well, I, I wanted to say about the you said that I was out on a mission for Amanda Waller. I want to be very <laughs> clear about this. I don't take orders from anybody except Agent Coulson. <laughs> Good I one. Just, I just Good. want everybody to understand that. So would it be safe to say that you would not be a distinguished character you would be more of a you you like to marvel and i like the marvelous role yeah yeah uh, that's that, i was taking that that I dawned thought on me. That he's not taking orders at all yeah <laughs> you know back in the day uh they used to marvel used to call dc comics the distinguished competition yes capital d capital c, c right and they were the dc distinguished competition kind of a i guess an in-house joke or a, just a poke fun at the other one let's get away from marvel and dc let's let's focus on important things doctor who so having said that i'm gonna uh think like lewis for a minute and say that i didn't introduce myself i'm kyle jones and i'm your other yeah exactly i'm your other co-host and the other voice of discussing who so um Lewis always says that he forgets to introduce himself. So he gets halfway through the show and is like, oh, wow, I forgot Wait to introduce myself. Consider myself in good company if I'm forgetting something like Lewis does. So I'll, He's formed the habit now of saying, you know, welcome to Doctor Who Podshock. I'm Lewis Trapani. Yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> Let's I'm gonna, get that out of the way right up front. <laughs> Hello, uh, this is uh, Doctor Who Podshock. I'm Lewis Trapani, and welcome to Discussing Who. There you go. Um <laughs> uh, So on to the news, on to the news. First thing the news would be, class is almost in session. You guys excited? Yeah, I I am. What what about you guys? I don't know. I don't know know what to think. Uh, It it, it seems to me like it's going to have to be sort of Torchwood meets Sarah Jane Adventures, which is creepy. That 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 makes me feel like, ew. (laughs) I don't know, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Clarence? I don't know. I guess I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, if it's, you know, kind of what Lee just said, if it's the mix of those two type of shows, I don't know how much I would like it. I mean, <laughs> class reminds me sort of like a Power Rangers type thing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Teenagers. Well, <laughs> well, here's my thing. I say I'm excited because 
I have not seen an episode of Doctor Who that is new since December the 25th, 2015. So I am almost having withdrawals. So when when there's a prospect of having a Doctor Who related something on TV that's new is like, oh, I'm excited about that. Now, the the name class where did you come up with that name? Did you get bored <laughs> and was like, let me be yeah. uncreative or non-creative? Or... What do you guys think? Clarence, what do you think? Uh, maybe it's an acronym. Maybe it means something else that that's, we don't that's know what I was. <laughs> that's just what I was thinking. It would, be, it would be cool if it stood for something. That would be cool. Because, oh. you know, one of the things to love about Torchwood is that it's a, oh, there's a name for this. When you, when you rearrange the letters and something, you know, it's. It's because it's Doctor Who, you know. Right. You know, Uh, what if the person who is oh, I got an idea. All right, what were you about to say, Clarence? And I have an idea. Is is that true? I've never heard it before. Oh yeah, yeah. That's where the name Torchwood comes from. It's it's seriously. Yeah, it's it's the letters in Doctor Who scrambled. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, you you put them together, and it's the letters of Doctor Who. I just kind of blew my mind there. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. This would be kind of cool if they did this. What if the teacher who is over this particular class is a undercover or an undercover agent for unit who is out looking for people who are sensitive to timey-wimey happenings? Yeah, yeah, that would you be know? very interesting, and, and it would make sense. Yeah. And yeah. it would put a little bit more class perspective onto class. Well, since we are at Cold Hill School, where we know that, you know, remarkable things happen, um, and I kind of like the idea that it has somehow saturated the walls of the building, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were all kinds of things that have, if you know, a remembrance of the Daleks, you know, right. that was at Cold Hill School, and they had there were all kinds of things, uh, you know, going around in the building. So, yeah, I like the idea that there are lingering traces of that and they're now having to deal with it. But, yeah, e- either these characters are coming into that situation completely green and having no idea uh, what's happening. Or there's going to be a character there who knows exactly what's happening. And, and yeah. I think that would be more interesting. That would be very interesting. And it would be interesting even more so not be this character that I'm about to reference, but in some way could be a relative and would be another unearthly child. That would be really cool. If maybe one of the students was this child or grandchild of Susan. Hmm. Do you, do you guys think we'll see a bunch of cameos? Like, I mean, of course we'll see the doctor, but what about, one-off characters or uh, just different characters throughout the series uh, maybe just pop in or they just see it, see as they are out gallivanting to try to solve something, you know? I think that would be really cool as well. It would. Um, I, I can't remember now the, the name of uh, the Brigadier's daughter, uh, but who's now? Kate Stewart. Kate Stewart, right. Uh, it would make a lot of sense for Kate Stewart to turn up in this. And Yep. And, you know, I, I, I'm like Clarence. I think that you will at least see the TARDIS because I think the TARDIS was seen, you know, during filming of, mm. 
of you know class. So I don't know if you'll actually see Capaldi, but you will see at least a reference to the Doctor via the TARDIS while while there. Um, you know, one thing yeah. that would be interesting is if they stole the TARDIS uh, <laughs> and he didn't know it. Stole it again. <laughs> stole it again. Yeah, I was going to say another thing would be cool too that maybe. This this class year is happening at the same time as the adventures that the doctor is having. And maybe you just get a peek into another perspective of a scene or something. You may just see his character run through this episode we've already seen before. We know what happens, but we're seeing it from the class's perspective. I think that would be awesome as well. That, that really would be interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a fun idea. You know, and <laughs> one thing that I think would be interesting is. If they made reference to Mrs. Oswald no longer teaching there, or you know Danny Pink who died <laughs> at, on, you know, just make reference to to them in some way that yeah. you know that oh, well, this is the same cinematic universe, or you know, not cinematic but television universe that this yeah. all exists in. The DWU. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you know, to remind the, us that we're in the DWU. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you know, let them be good custodians of their time or however you want to say it, or even a good landlord, so mm-hmm. to speak. And speaking yes. of landlords, you, could say that. <laughs> you know, a, 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 a little transition there. Speaking Fair of enough. landlords. <laughs> we do know that at some point in the, uh, the next season of Doctor Who, there's going to be a character called the landlord. And we don't know what that means. Is he just a landlord? <laughs> you know, yeah, is that a time lord landlord? Or? But he, yeah, be, yeah. yeah, but the, just the presence of the word lord in that seems like a tease of some kind. But we know that he's going to be played by David Suchet, known to many of us as uh, uh, fans of uh, British um, murder mystery television as um, Agatha Christie's uh, brilliant detective, brilliant Belgian detective, Hercule Poirot. Uh, to many, he is the definitive Poirot and. Uh, it, you know, we haven't seen him on TV in a while, so here he's going to be on Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah, so so my prediction is the landlord would be a time lord who has had his time card revoked. Mm-hmm. You, know? <laughs> ah. <laughs> you know, it would be interesting if the landlord was being punished or, or was somehow stranded, uh, a la the third doctor's being stranded, and mm-hmm. that's where the landlord comes in his TARDIS is stuck not only in a building shape but he can't travel and I'm you know that would be curious if that's how they Mm -hmm. write that into the story when I think about classic uh Doctor Who stories that that sort of left a thread hanging you know I I think uh, Kyle and I have the same favorite one that we, we go to and that is leaving Susan there in the middle of the Dalek invasion and you know the promise I'll come back well, <laughs> we'd love to see it, you know. Still hasn't happened. But uh, one of mine is uh, the time meddler who was, who was a time lord. And uh, when last we saw him, he was trapped in his own TARDIS. Right. Uh, so, you know, um, uh, he, he may have figured a way out of that. And uh, I don't know. So I, I keep waiting to, to see the time meddler again. <laughs> uh, so that, maybe that's what David Suchet is up to. Who knows? And you know, I I always thought whenever they first showed him, I thought that the that I think his I can't remember the guy's name that played it, but he was also in their Captain America 
movies as well. But the the Dream Lord, I thought yes. he was going to turn out to be the Time Meddler. Yeah. And Clarence, are you familiar with who the Time Meddler was? I have no clue. He is yeah. from the first Doctor's era. And the the episode actually exists. I mean, it was not one of the ones that was destroyed. And, That's right. You can uh, still see it. You can still okay. see it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty good. You know, It uh, is. I, I really enjoy that one. And, and I know, Clarence, you'll, you'll know um, Flatline. Uh, where part of the problem is that the exterior of the TARDIS is shrinking. Um, and that becomes a problem because eventually the doctor can't get out. And, uh, <laughs> and Clara can carry him around in her, in her handbag, you know, uh, but that's, that's what they, you know, spoiler, that's what they do to the, the time meddler in the end that the, the, the first doctor, um, really? I don't remember how this happens, but he tricks him into, uh, messing with the exterior dimensions of his TARDIS. So now it's so oh. small that he can't get out. It, it has. It, it, he was posing as a monk, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he's yeah. And and I yeah. think it had something to do. He was trying to get in, uh, like he made him hide behind a or uh, under something like under some religious relic. But but it was his TARDIS, and it was yeah. And that 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 was. I need to see that again. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was what I was just thinking. Now I want to go back and watch it and find out how exactly yeah. did they capture him. Right after we've ruined the ending for you, but yeah, it was. <laughs> this was the the images of the first Doctor, you said. Yeah, first yeah. Doctor. Wow. Yeah. How did they pull that off back then? <laughs> this is in the mid '60s. Yeah, it's you know it's all just uh, camera angles. It's very simple, really, but but it's a big idea, you know. It really is. Yeah, they, it's, and it's they did like a good the, job, you know. Yeah. I always love it when they play when they played with the the whole notion of the fact that the outside of the TARDIS is smaller than the inside. That like uh, in the. Um, the fourth doctor story where uh, they managed to materialize the, the master's TARDIS inside the doctor's TARDIS. Right. And you know, (laughs) they're, they're going around opening doors. You know, there's a moment where Adric wants to open the door to their TARDIS, but it'll just lead back into there. So the doctor's like, I wouldn't open that door. if I were you." I would, I would love to see a compilation of all the, it's bigger on the inside. Mm. uh, Quotes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And has, has anybody done the supercut of all these? <laughs> and, 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 you know, the, the, uh, my favorite has become, uh, the one from the wedding of river song where he walks yeah. in and says, now it's my turn. And yeah. walks in and it's like, Oh, <laughs> my, my, whatever. And whatever. And he goes into this big, big, long speech. That was, that's one of my favorite bigger on the inside. Yeah, that was well, good. You know, uh, yeah, the, I think that is now my favorite too. And, and then my second favorite after that would be, uh, uh, well, oh, you, when Martha did it, you remember that that um, David Tennant's doctor, he mouths it along with her because he knows she's going to say it, so he says it with her. <laughs> I always love that. But um, uh, in the was this the third or fourth doctor? But uh, when uh, Sergeant Benson goes inside the TARDIS for the first time, that he sort of looks around and says, "Yeah." Always figured it'd be something like this, <laughs> you know. It just is unfazed completely. <laughs> I always love that. And wasn't it yep. the main Clara that walked in and said, "It's smaller on the outside." Smaller on the outside, right? <laughs> so we needed a variation at that point, yeah. which which was cool. And ironically enough, for the last two or three minutes, we have been talking about companions. Was that not be a safe thing to say? Wow. Well done. 
So considering the fact that we've been talking about companions, our topic tonight is who are our top five Doctor Who companions? And here's what we did in order to come by or to get our list. We did it in two ways. We surveyed ourselves and we came up with who we thought were the top five for us. We also put a thing on our blog at discussingwho.com of who people who are listening, you, the listener, thought as, you know, who, who, is, who are your top five? So here's how we're going to do this. Earlier today, Clarence asked me to send him who, who were his top five, because I have not revealed other than to my own self uh, who the top five are amongst the three of us because I wanted us to have a conversation while we're on the air, talk it out. But ironically enough, some of the names on our list are the same for each people or each person. So when I was asked to send a particular one of the groups, since we didn't put our names in this survey that I did, I didn't remember which one were mine and which ones were Clarence's and which ones were Lee's because they were all so similar. So this is the first time you're hearing the top five, the top four, the top three, you know, as we make our decisions, you're hearing it along with really the three of us, because I honestly don't remember <laughs> which ones I chose. So what we will do, we will talk out the top three. I mean, we'll talk out our three selections. Then we will decide based on our talk, of which one will be number five, which one will be number four, and all, all the way up to number one. How does that sound? You're going to start at the bottom, though. We're going to start, start with number five. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you guys ready for it? Let's do it. All right. So coming in at number five, we have first and foremost, Jamie McCremmon. Yeah. And I bet I know who put that one. Lee? <laughs> yes, I love Jamie. All right, so tell me why. Why does why should Jamie be number five? Well, if the job of the companion is to is to stand in for the audience, you know, to to basically be our avatar, uh, I, I always thought that Jamie is is perfect. He he has no idea what's going on. He's from the fifteenth century, for heaven's sake, or something <laughs> like that. No, he. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got the history wrong. He's he's from the he's from like the the 1700s, but uh, so but he adapts. He does his very best to catch up and to really understand. He wants to know what's going on, just as we do in the audience, and uh, and he does it with spirit. He's feisty, and uh, I like the fact that he's always looking for a fight. I just think that's funny, and um, and this is what happens when you have English writers writing about Scots. You know. <laughs> They always make them <laughs> with their fists up, you know. <laughs> oh, tell them to come over here and say that. Yeah. Oh, very good um, accent. Thank you, yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I do. That's just things to love about Jamie. And uh, he gets the, the a rare honor among companions. I guess it, it's, it's maybe him and Sarah Jane who get to come back in a much later episode. So he and the second Doctor turn up in The Two Doctors. And yep. uh, it's great fun to see Jamie many years later, uh, still with the still with the doctor, <laughs> and still with the and still with the kilt. 
That's right. And still just a little bit behind just saying, yeah, but why are we doing this? You know? <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's kind of funny because when you initially uh, started to describe this character, of course, it's a classic character that I really don't know much of anything about. <laughs> but when you yeah. first started to describe him, it made me think of Rory a lot until yes. you said he likes to fight. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, Rory's yeah. the exact, exact opposite, but he's kind of kind of clueless and just alone for the ride, you know. Yeah, and I yeah. can see yeah. the. But you're uh, right. Rory is as close as we've ever gotten to Jamie in that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, let me let me. You know, add this to Jamie as well. He may have been, and I don't want to say the word simple because, you know, he was a man of his time. He was not simple. Yeah, he was unsophisticated. You know, yeah. he, he, he lacked the sophistication, perhaps, of someone who lived in a different time other than what he did. But in his time that he was from, he was who he was. That's right. So having said that, uh, recently saw him interact with uh, Ben and Polly. He held his own with Ben and Polly. Mm-hmm. But the pairing of him and Zoe, who was a character from a from the future who right. at many times was on par intelligence-wise with the second Doctor, yeah. if not surpassing, even to the point of where they made reference of that in the show, mm-hmm. I think he really handled himself well as being to balance that lack of sophistication with, I'm just a very good character in general. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, exactly. So Jamie is one of our three. The next one on the number five list is Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah, that would be me who put uh, Jack <laughs> All right. Harkness. So tell us, Clarence, why should Captain Jack be our number five? Uh, he, uh, he brings a lot of fun to Doctor Who. Um, I, I can't think of a time really, especially in the episodes when he was like actually on Doctor Who proper, where I didn't have fun seeing him on screen and seeing his antics. You know, he was kind of, I'm not going to say comedy relief, but he was just just brought a lot of joy to the show. <laughs> and then the uniqueness of his character is another trait that really really makes me think that he should be one of the top five. You know, he uh in, in this certain episode where he speculates that, uh, well, he talks about uh, being a youth on the Beauchamp Peninsula and and how his character also is uh, the face of Bo. I mean, spoiler, if you know already. We think. Uh, we we're think. pretty sure. We <laughs> yeah. think. Yeah, we, yeah they, never, they never confirmed that. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we're pretty but, but, sure. But, but, but we're we pretty sure. Of it. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. But I, I think his character is, is just – just fun, man. I I just love seeing him on screen, and and again, he had opportunities to come back and spin off to his own show, which I liked a lot. Was but had a much different tone. Um, yeah, and and I, it's funny because seems like his time as companion was very limited, <laughs> if you really think about it. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as his overall influence on the show and his impact on the show, I think it was pretty large. Okay, I give you that. And Lee, do you have anything you want to add about Captain Jack? You just, um, Clarence, you just made me think of. We were talking about these characters, and of course, we know them through the actors that play them. And uh, I just can't say enough good things about John Berriman. What a performer! And um, he's he's had already a very impressive career on the stage and on screen. And I hope we see a lot more of him in the future. 
And when I say a lot more of him, I'm not referring to how often he appears nude on camera. But, um, <laughs> but I, I'm God. sure that for a lot of people, that's one of the best things about John Furman. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I do. I just think he is fantastic. and um, Absolutely Captain, fantastic. He was fantastic. And he was interesting before he was accidentally made immortal. In right. He, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's immortal. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we learn in the Torchwood uh, spoiler that uh, you can blow him up to the point where nothing is left but one bone of his shoulder, and he'll regenerate. From- <laughs> and, and he'll walk the earth for like a hundred years till you see him again. Yeah. And, yeah. and and didn't the doctor make reference to him this year t- to uh, me when he said, you know, Captain Jack, you'll you'll meet him eventually? Yes, that's right. Really, I missed that. Yeah. 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 Because whenever he was oh, talking to her immortal. about being immortal, you know, saying you'll meet, you know, Captain uh, Jack Harkness, you'll meet him eventually, or you'll you'll happen by him, or something to that effect. And I would I would love 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 for him to come back uh, in a recent series, because man, uh, that that would be awesome. And I don't think him coming back for episode two would be that weird, since we know he's immortal and all that stuff. So, oh. yeah, I would love to see him come back for a few episodes. You know, there, there was a rumor earlier this year and they've not really mentioned it yet but then again they have made no mention as to a what the title of the christmas episode is and b who will be the guest companion there and the rumor was that sometime earlier this year about the same time they were filming the christmas episode that he was in england at in the same vicinity of where they were shooting, so he may be coming back for Christmas. Nice. That would be very. So, Kyle, nice. who is who, who, who is you, mine? Who, now, yeah, who is your your fifth pick? Well, my fifth fifth pick was was a character who I just realized that I've never given credit for appearing in not only classic Who, but also current who and even had it, this character's own spinoff and if you know who i'm talking about that would be affirmative would be k9 <laughs> i thought you were going for sarah jane there and i thought no, <laughs> no, 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 no. are you mad no i'm not mad trust me i'm not i'm not a mad monk uh no 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 not at all no but 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 i chose k9 for the reason as follows yeah. He was a character that I remembered even whenever I really wasn't watching Doctor Who or I remembered the robot dog. I didn't really remember much yeah. about it, but it made that much of, uh, you know, I remembered the affirmative, affirmative master. You know, I remembered that. And mm-hmm. the now thinking about it as, yes, he's appeared in Classic Who. Yes, he appeared in New Who. Yes, in Australia, even though they regenerated him into looking something non canine ish, he was, he's <laughs> a had plot. a, yeah, a plop. Uh, but it's, it, you still had canine appear in a, his own Australian TV show. In addition okay. to that, you also had him appear in that uh, one off, uh, yeah, wasn't it called Canine and Company with Sarah Jane? Yes. The, so, um, I do like K nine, but but comparing to your two, I think your two trumps my K nine. K nine is very different. He's yeah, he's almost like in his category by himself, isn't he? But yeah. All right, so 
before we come up with our top five and talk out who we think uh, should be the top five out of who we've chosen, do you want to hear who uh, our listeners have listed in oh, the top yes. five? Good deal. Yeah. All right. So in no particular order, number five for feedback top five would be Mickey Smith, Rose Tyler, and Tegan Travanka. Yeah. Don't know who the last one is, but maybe you can explain. All right. So, Lee, I know you know who Tegan is, uh, because if you yeah, listened... Fact, I, oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I, tr- I actually tried to place her on my list, too. I love me some Tegan, and... Uh, and I, I did. I struggled with with uh, with this list. It was a very interesting exercise. But yeah, um, Tegan was a, a uh, an unwilling companion of the uh, the fifth Doctor, and um, and and gets one of the most poignant endings where she finally gets taken back to her own time and place. And the instant the TARDIS dematerializes, you can see it on her face. I'm not coming with you. What's the matter? A lot of good people have died today. I'm sick of it. You think I wanted it this way? No. It's just that I don't think I can go on. You want to stay on Earth? My Aunt Vanessa said, when I became an air stewardess, if you stop enjoying it, give it up. Tegan. It's stop being fun, Doctor. Both. No, no, don't leave. Not like this. I must. I'm sorry. Bye. She realizes she should have stayed. Yeah. With him. But Clarence, let me add this. She actually goes. She's one of the only companions, I believe, who has ever gone to the doctor and says, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this. This is this is not what I signed up for. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm I, really? I, I can't. I'm I'm leaving. And then she went into the the TARDIS thinking it was a genuine police box. Right. We, it's it's one of the it's. I think it's the only time in the in the uh, the series where we see an actual police box being used the way they really were. So we see her go into a police box, and then later on she goes into another one, and uh oh, exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and her association with the doctor even more so by accident and technically considering when she joined she was really a companion of both the fifth and the fourth doctor because her first oh, uh, yeah. appearance was in Legopolis which was yeah. the last um, you know of the fourth doctor's series that's right so she yeah, she saw him regenerate so but when she runs yeah. up and she says, you know, that she doesn't want to do it, and he was basically saying to her, you know, I, I understand that, you know, I'm not going to make you stay, blah, 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 blah. And she runs off. You hear her hear the, or you see her hear the TARDIS dematerialize, and she turns and runs back. And that's whenever it goes off, when she, you see the look on her face like, oh, it's really gone. I've taken out K9. Jamie, Captain Jack. Any any thoughts on who you think should be out of the two of them our top number five? 
So are we totally eliminating them from the list, or are we just saying, for now, this is our top five? And <laughs> no. we could... <laughs> Uh, all right, so, so this I, is for all time. It's no, well, well, for this particular episode, this is you know, let's. I, I want to come up with our definitive top five for well, this episode. Well, well, what I'm saying is, by the end of the episode, are we saying right now, if I take this person out, he can't be on the list anymore, or maybe we can jigger it around to where maybe you're number three. I don't think we need to be on a, needs to be on the list at all. Okay, you know, something sure. Like, hey, well, yeah, uh, that's a good. Point. Uh, wibbly wobbly, um, <laughs> Listy uh, yeah, movie woovy. How, how's that? So, so, so let me let me say this I'm not willing to fight with Lee over, <laughs> over Jamie McKinnon, so I will leave this up to you for now, Cal, since you're the party that not that's not in it. And, and if possible, I want to possibly bring Jack back, depending on what the other people on the list are. We will pass on number five. Move on to number four, and if we need to move one of them, if if we don't agree or we say that one of those other people are greater than, okay, I'm good with that. So on to number four, number uh, four in this, Ace. Yes. Okay. Obviously, Lee, that's yours. So take it. <laughs> yeah, I had to had to go for had to go for Ace. Um, yeah, I just, what a great companion. Um, and, and I think she comes along at a time when the series as a whole was trying to re- kind of respond to the fact that a lot of the doctor's companions had been uh, pretty girls who scream. Um, this was an idea. Let's have somebody who is tough as nails and who really feels like her job is to keep the doctor out of trouble. She's, she's kind of a bad girl. Um, she, she's already been kicked out of school and she makes nitroglycerin in oh, her, wow. in her basement. And, um, uh, she's, uh, and she carries this giant boom box around, which, which is one of the things that dates those episodes, I guess, is that immense thing. But, um, uh, but Sophie Aldred is so, um, so beautiful and so committed to playing this that you, I always really, really understood her as being a real person who's been thrown into this uh, bizarre relationship with the, the doctor. And she alone, among all of his companions, insists on calling him professor. <laughs> so he's not the doctor as far as she's concerned, just because she, she you know, steadfastly refuses to do anything the way everybody else does. And uh, I like that. You know, um, well, let me ask Clarence first. Clarence, do you know anything about Ace before I get started? Uh, nothing other than just seeing her on like flashback videos I've probably seen on YouTube or something. That being said, I really, just from seeing the few scenes I've seen on YouTube, I really kind of like this character and wish I had the opportunity to see more of her when the episodes are actually coming out. I mean, I think she's kind of awesome. It kind of embodies the, I guess this was the eighties when this came out. Cause she looks very like an eighties character. Yeah. Yeah. And very, yes, very true. Very eighties. And she unfortunately is in this time of the series when the money is running out, the will to keep doing the show is running out. And by the time we get to her last episode, my God, what a disaster. It's just awful. Oh, man. And then they get this great little moment when they walk off together, uh, basically into the sunset. And it sort of redeems the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that is one of Ian's favorite uh you know, from the Cultum Collective and Podshock, that's one of his favorite 
quotes and yeah. one of yours too is yes. is that we're two nares home home the tardis yes the tardis there are worlds out there where the sky is burning where the seas sleep and the rivers dream people made of smoke and cities made of song some of there's danger some of there's injustice and somewhere else the tea's getting cold come on ace we've got work to do and I'll be honest, that's one of the only times I ever liked Ace. And this is so interesting that both of you liked her. And no, di- you know, no, no disrespect to Sophie Allred in what, no shape, form, or fashion. But out of all the companions, I think Ace was my least favorite. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I for 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 the very reasons that each of you said that you liked Ace, <laughs> I disliked Ace. I did. Wait, you, you disliked I, her more than Mel, really? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I really didn't even consider Mel a companion. Sorry, you know, she she was she was just kind of annoying to me. But something that whole idea of the. Pro- Come here, professor. Here, professor. I mean, I hated that. And, you know, yeah. that is the doctor. Call him, call him Doc if you don't want to call him. Uh, but, <laughs> but that whole, you know, you're the doctor. You're not professor. Don't call him professor. Call him <laughs> the doctor. Just like everybody, like you're supposed to call him. The, like I can feel my blood pressure going up. You're supposed to call him the doctor. <laughs> Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know if that was part of the intent or not, but yeah, yeah. So um, I get, I you know, why you like her. That that not my cup of tea, quite. Yeah. Uh, so the next one on the list is Amelia Pond. Amy, yeah. of course, that's me. Uh, yeah, I really didn't know quite where to place uh, Amy Pond, uh, but. I, I hope she appears on the list by somewhere else by one of you guys, but I think the impact of her on the series as a whole can't be understated. I mean, uh, we see her from the time she's a little kid, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we get to see the her entire progression of her life. We even get to see her have a, a certain child who has other repercussion, repercussions within the <laughs> Doctor Who universe. So... So, so all all of that added together, I think, just makes her a must must have for this list. I mean, you can't have, you can have, you can really can't have the doctor without her. If you really think about it, <laughs> uh, with the whole uh, uh, Melody Pond, uh, Kyle's favorite character, R- River Song thing, you you absolutely she has to be on the list. I think the impact of her is profound for the series. All right, uh, Lee, what do you say? It's funny that when I when I sat down to do my list, you know, I, I struggled and, and, and I realized that Amy wasn't on it anywhere. And I, yeah, it's one of the things that made it hard because Clarence is 100% right. It, the, the 11th Doctor's story doesn't make any sense without Amy. Um, but is she, well, she's just not one of my favorite companions. Uh, but I can't really explain why not. I don't know. It's a uh, yeah. It's it's kind of vague. What what were your thoughts? Uh, All right. So my, so here here are my thoughts. Um, looking at it from from back when you know her uh, when Amy first appeared back in t- the eleventh hour in two thousand and ten, 
She was in the first episode with Matt Smith, so her introduction was his introduction, other than being in, you know, the brief moment after the, you know, regeneration scene at uh, on New Year's Day. So having said that, she helped introduce a wildly different version of the show coming off of the David Tennant years. I mean, you had a, a, a year of four specials leading up to the big, well, the, the four specials included, you know, the big regeneration scene. But previous to that, you had Donna Noble, who I went into thinking I'm not going to like her, and she turned yeah. out to be one of my favorites. So yeah. I'm saying that Amy had a, a very big shoes to fill. And I think that playing it the way she did and having the character we find out later on be so ingrained in the entire doctor's story through that time, I think the story of Amy Pond is equally as important to how it was acted. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, uh, case in point, I remember watching the 11th hour and just assuming as I'm watching that the editors made some mistake in recording because there's that scene after she's an adult and you're watching it and spoiler alert, just FYI. But as you're watching it, you see Amy as an adult and for about 10 to 15 seconds, they switch back and they show, uh, you know, Amy as a child running out and sitting on her suitcase. And I'm like, mm. uh, why did you show that? And they never refer to it again until yeah. <laughs> about six months before. Uh, and he says, oh, well, I wrote her exit into the very uh, first episode. And I'm thinking, okay. And then I go and I look at Amy's theme music and it says the life and death of Amy Pond. And I'm like, wow, you've got this plan. <laughs> All along, and when they showed that scene, like the speech that she has about the, you know, raggedy man goodbye, you know, I thought, oh, that's sad, but, you know, I didn't get emotional. When they showed that scene again and you realized what that scene meant and you realized you planned that five years, three years or however many years ago it was, at the very beginning you planned her exit, that was like – you know, it was like really emotional, and I was like, ah. Afterward, by Amelia Williams. Hello, old friend. And here we are, you and me, on the last page. By the time you read these words, Rory and I will be long gone. So know that we lived well and were very happy. And above all else, know that we will love you always. Sometimes I do worry about you, though. I think once we're gone, you won't be coming back here for a while, and you might be alone, which you should never be. Don't be alone, Doctor. And do one more thing for me. There's a little girl waiting in a garden. She's going to wait a long while, so she's going to need a lot of hope. Go to her. Tell her a story. Tell her that if she's patient, the days are coming that she'll never forget. Tell her she'll go to sea and fight pirates. She'll fall in love with a man who'll wait 2,000 years to keep her safe. 
tell her she'll give hope to the greatest painter who ever lived and save a whale in outer space. Tell her this is the story of Amelia Pond. And this is how it ends. Ah, so I give you, you know, a good one for Amy Pond. I think she, uh, I agree that she does have a very good importance or very, very big role there. So, kudos. you know, I'm now thinking about Vincent and the Doctor, which is one of, which is probably my very favorite episode of uh, the Eleventh Doctor's time. And um, yeah, yeah, and she, yeah. And, and she's got to be on the, the top five list. Here. Okay, and I agree. Yeah. I agree. Who was my uh, take for number four? Yeah, uh, my take for number four was a constant companion from the very beginning. I <laughs> s- chose the TARDIS as uh, th- uh, the constant <laughs> companion. I can't decide if that's cheating or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the, look at it this way: the TARD it, it doesn't. She doesn't always take him where he wants to go. She takes him where he needs to go. Yeah, well, we did have that one episode where the TARDIS actually became a person. Yeah, kinda. and that's where that line comes from. I I wept. I wept like a child. Oh my god! When when she had to say goodbye and she said I, hello. That yes. Yeah, that's right. But I'm going to omit my TARDIS and just like I did K9 because <laughs> I, yes, it is a constant companion, but it is a it is not a companion in the sense of it is interacting with the doctor each and every episode. For the most part, you, you know, now in story that the whole takes you where you want to go. You don't necessarily know that per se. So that's why I'm saying we can take mine out. So we've got Ace, we've got Amelia. Let's, let's hear or what the feedback number fours were. So we have yeah. three of them. Interestingly enough, their number four is Jamie McCrimmon. Yeah. Huh. Amelia Pond. Mm-hmm. Martha Jones. Martha. Martha. It's good to get a vote for Martha. I am too, I'm, I'm glad someone voted for Martha as well. Yeah. Let's talk Martha for a second. We've already talked Amelia and Jamie. Lee, it's, it's tough to be Martha. Her, her role, to a large extent, was to be not Rose. And yes. <laughs> And that's tough. That's that's hard. I, I would not want to have been one of the writers being being tasked with that. I would um, like. I would not want to be the actress, you know, the person you know playing the Martha role to be tasked of. Number one, you're replacing Rose, but you you are, in many ways. I did well. I didn't like the whole. Um, I'm falling in love with you just like I think Rose was falling in love with you. Right. I, that really, I wish that had not happened. And that's why Donna was such a relief. Well, the whole thing with Martha, however, at the end, coming back and saying, you know, this is me getting out. You know, right. I know, you know, yeah. I see where this is going. This is me leaving. And she wasted years pining after him, years of her life. Because while he was around, she never looked at anyone else. And I told her, I always said to her time and time again, I said, get out. So this is me. 
getting help. Similar to Tegan in some degree, if you think mm-hmm. about it. That's true. But she made that decision of, I'm getting out, I'm making the change, I'm going. Well, and, and so did Sarah Jane. True. Um, it, it wasn't as a, it was it wasn't an angry parting in her case, but um, yeah. And, and so, I think Martha's greatest hour is in uh, uh, human nature and family of blood. Okay, um, tell tell us about it. Well, just that she she gets saddled with the job of looking after the doctor during this time when he doesn't know that he's the doctor. And it means that she has to live. I mean, she's a scullery maid and has to abuse the racist remarks of the the boys at the school and so on. And and to watch him every day, watch the doctor every day and to know that she is the sole keeper of his secret and he doesn't know who he is. It's and it's killing her. It's eating her alive. And, and I just thought that Freema did a fantastic, yeah, a marvelous it, job. It, it, and I will say, like, as far as one, one thing I find unique about the Martha episodes, I mean, her being a black woman and going back in the past, you know, before I actually saw it on screen, I'm like, man, this is going to be a disaster every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is funny. It's kind of a similar situation in the Legends of um, the DC Legends of what's the name of the show, Kyle? Uh, Legends of Legends of Legends Tomorrow. Of tomorrow. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow. So they have one Latino slash black character. I think she's Latino, most Latino though. But she's had the same situation in some episodes. They go back in the past, and it's very Martha-like yeah. type of tone of the kind of situation she's in. So yeah, I mean, well, let me ask you guys a question: Was is the whole concept of um, the the um, the falling in love with the doctor? The companions fall in love with the doctor. Is that kind of relatively a new thing? Or was it did it happen in the classic episodes much? No, that not is, at all. That is the new series talking. Yeah, that's Rose is the first. Um, yeah, uh, I, watching some of these second doctors again. There's a moment. Well, it's in it's in the, the War Games. Uh, I mean, they're parting for the last time, and the doctor kisses Zoe on the forehead. And I think that is the only Doctor Companion kiss in the classic series, <laughs> except you know? for the uh, except for the ninety six movie. That's what I mean. And then the ninety six movie, and a lot of us said, "What? <laughs> the Doctor does not kiss his companions." You know, I mean, that was blaspheme. Yes, exactly, blaspheme. <laughs> we are back. Um, you know, and 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 let me let me also say this about Martha. Not only. Well, she only lasted, per se, one season, but in reality, she didn't because she was on half a season of Torchwood as well as being on pretty much almost half the season that Donna was on. You know, she she was around more than just that, you know, third series with uh, Tenant or the second, of t- uh, you know, Tenant series. You know, she she had a presence that went beyond just, hey, I'm a one-trick pony, and here I'm gone. Definitely. From our list, we've got Ace and Amelia Pond. Who do the two of you feel, and then I'll weigh in, out of Ace and Amelia, are we ready to make our number four? Do you know, I'm I'm, I'm ready to fight for Amelia, and and we can kick Jack off (laughs) the list completely, (laughs) contention. 
But I, I like the I like the fight for Amelia. I think I just think she needs to be on the list. Uh, it's uh, it's hard to argue with with Amy. I, you know, I yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so here's I'm what thinking I'm about Vincent say. and the Doctor. Yeah. I'm going to say Amelia Pine is our number four based on everything we just said and the fact that a feedback vote also came in for Amelia. Yes. So Amelia is our number four. Now, in post, you're going to add in some drum rolls and stuff. Oh, this, of course. Right? <laughs> I mean, I've got to have some, you know, build up yeah. a little bit of suspense. Let's move on to number three. Number three, coming in first at, on number three, is <laughs> the Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. Ah. And I think that was mine. <laughs> or was it? I can't remember. Did anybody, so did, did anybody nah. choose the Brigadier? Was that you, Lee? No, okay, I, well then I, I guess don't consider I'm, him a. I don't consider him a real companion because he never actually traveled with the doctor. Da, da, da. Oh. <laughs> I, I beg to differ, and I'll tell you why I beg to differ. Okay, in oh, right. uh, in episode number three thirty six, I think of Doctor Who Podshock, uh, we were talking about companions and their transitions of companions, and the brigadier was referenced. And it was said that since the doctor, and I think this was Dave that said this, so if it wasn't Dave, I'm giving credit to the wrong person, but I think it was Dave. The argument was since the doctor was marooned or trapped or uh, banished to Earth during the time that uh, he was with the unit for, um, for most of the part, that you could consider the Brigadier as a true companion because the doctor was stranded. Yeah, he wasn't traveling anywhere either. He wasn't either. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah. So, yes, you might could stretch it, but I'm going to say, you know, the Brigadier. So was the was the uh, TARDIS a thing? Did he even have access to the TARDIS and couldn't travel, or was it just totally missing from the, that era? Oh no, no, it was a prop. It was in his laboratory, but it's always in the shot. It's always there in the background. But right. yeah, he, it, it doesn't work. He can't go anywhere. Yeah, he can go into it and he can walk around and get stuff, and it can be bigger on the inside, but it's not mm -hmm. going anywhere. Yeah. Awesome. What was and it? then they, they basically gave him the keys back. Yeah, exactly. Was, they took the, yeah. you know, some kind of control that they put a lock on it, and he couldn't go anywhere, unless, of course, they told him we need you to do this for us, and then you know he could go away for one trip and then come back. All right, so that was that was mine. So uh, the next one on the list, Professor River Song. Whose was that? I put her somewhere. <laughs> All right, well, then, Lee, it's yours. Uh, what would you say, Clarence? No, I just I knew, I know it's not mine. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, you, it's kind of like the Amy Pond argument is that um, for the new series, you, you, it's almost like you can't have the Doctor without having River Song. Uh, we've seen her with, uh, with three different uh, incarnations of the Doctor, and she knows them all. And uh, it's been a very poignant story, and, um, and, and I love that. Uh, and, and and fantastically performed, um, and I think um, it it helps to boost her ratings here. That I think Kyle and I both have kind of a thing for Alec Kingston. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> and, and you know what's really sad, and and this is what messed me up on trying to figure out which ones was which. I did yeah. not realize that I did this until the very end. 
I did not put River Song on my list, and I feel horrible for that. I mean, I would have taken Last the stream. Yes, exactly. I mean, I need to be literally exterminated for that. As, as, as much as you used to talk about her when I used to come by your office. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I left River Song off my list. I should have taken K9 or the TARDIS out of my list. How dare you? Because I, you know, and that was why I couldn't figure out because because it made no sense to me when I looked at this today that I could have left River Song off of my list and it, my brain could not wrap around that whole concept because you're right I mean the whole <laughs> idea of River Song of this you know going back and watching her last episode each t- which was really her first you know the well, well her first episode where she dies. And each time you see her subsequently after that, and you can go back and you can watch, and there's a new layer added to every single time you see her. You can get me your screwdriver. That should have been a clue. There's nothing you can do. Let me do this. If you die here, it'll mean I've never met you. Time can be rewritten. Not those times. Not one line. Don't you dare. It's okay. It's okay, it's not over for you. You'll see me again. You've got all of that to come. You and me, time and space. You watch us run. Uh, Oh, you know, I was like, how could I not put her on my list? Yeah, I'll just add, yeah, the, the, as, as far as her as a character, she's not my favorite, but I think the, uh, the 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 situation around her traveling through time and the episodes and the way we see her are just kind of magnificent, you know. That, just just a great great story. Very tragic. I hope, I hope you'll drop the clip in here, Kyle. But one of my favorite things in all of New Who is her brief confrontation in the streets in Nazi Germany with the group of Nazis. What are you doing here? Well, I was on my way to this gay gypsy bar mitzvah for the disabled when I suddenly thought. Gosh, the third rice a bit rubbish. I think I'll kill the Führer. Who's with me? Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will add that in. You know, yes, and please. and she has the the well done soldier. How goes the day? That is doctor. The word for healer and wise man throughout the universe. We get that word from you, you know. But if you carry on the way you are, what might that word come to mean? To the people of the Gamma Forests, the word doctor means mighty warrior. How far you've come. One of my, that, you know, that's one of the ones that I've memorized, you know, the whole, you know, uh, revealing who she is speech. I mean, insert that because... I absolutely love that. Quoting it right now in my head, it's that yes. poignant. Kudos to River Song. That's all I can say. Yeah. The next one, Donna Noble. So whose was that? I guess it's me. I couldn't remember where I had her in uh, Rose, but yeah, it's probably me. Uh, yeah, Donna was a, a a breath of fresh air to, to the Who series to me. Uh, prior to that, I don't think from the characters I saw from the new who um, she was so different, so different. And, 
you know, a lot of things I didn't really know that after you told me, Cal, that she's a real comedian and, and she's on sitcoms and things like that. But but man, she's a fresher breath there. As far as her story, I think the 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 uh, most significant impact of her is when she becomes Dr. Donna uh, toward the end of her run. But man, she she is like a breath of life to the series to me. And she's just so fun. And not all of her episodes to me are just fun episodes. All right. Lee, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I really struggled with where to place her on my list and then uh, ended up not putting her anywhere. It's it's hard because she is she's a fantastic companion. And uh, for fans of the classic series, the person she most resembles in that way is Tegan, to get back to talk about Tegan huh. again. Because uh, Tegan didn't want to be there. And she's just uh, she 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 she's argumentative and questioning the doctor's uh, reasoning constantly and so on and, and very much like a, a Sedona was very much in the in the Tegan mold, um, but um, golly her I was just telling somebody the other day uh, her exit from the series her the end of her time as a companion is to me one of the most heartbreaking things oh yeah man. tragic and, yeah. Um, I was going to be with you forever. Enough. Rest of my life, traveling in the TARDIS, the Doctor Donna. Oh, oh but I can't. I can't go back. Don't make me go back. Doctor, please, please don't let me go back. Donna. Oh, Donna Noble, I am so sorry. But we had the best of times. The best. Wow. And brilliant. <laughs> it just, and that's brilliant writing, of course. All she has to do is as an actress is go back to playing herself the way she was before. Yeah. And but that, she's, she's canny enough to know what the impact of the audience that on the audience that's going to be. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God, you don't remember. Oh yeah. And, 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 wow. Has it, has it been done in the past in classic who of the, the uh, companion just not remembering anything? No, no, that's the first, isn't it? Well, when, uh, when um, the the doctor's companions get taken away from him at the end of war games. Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot yeah. about that. Jamie and Zoe, they're returned to their own time, but they do remember the time Lord tells us they remember the doctor and they remember their encounter with them, but they don't remember everything else. Right. They, it's like they met him once and that was it. Yeah. So, and I've always thought oh, that would be interesting to follow up on. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, so it's not a total. And the idea that, that she's that Donna is this kind of time bomb, that if she ever started to remember, um, that it would kill her. Yeah. And That's, that, uh, and that uh, whole when she goes the binary, 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 that, uh, I mean, you know, uh, and, and then when she says, you know, I was going to travel with you to, uh, you know, I was going to travel with you all my life. You know, the mm-hmm. doctor and Donna and the TARDIS and then. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the, yeah, that was totally just tragic. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also I don't know how the writing ties her into like Jack Harkness having the, the hand in the bottle sitting in Torchwood, like the entire series. And then, then it finally winds up coming back and being part of this uh, climactic episode with her being Dr. Don. I just think that is fantastic. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Connects her all the way back to, uh, yeah, the, the 10th doctor's first episode. <laughs> all right. Yep. So, so let me, yeah. let me say this about Donna before we move on with Donna when I saw her in The Runaway Bride, I didn't really care for her. And I thought, okay, she's going to be a one-off. And when I read that, oh, she will be replacing Martha Jones, uh, Donna Noble will be, you know, a full-season companion. And I'm like, really? And <laughs> she wound up being one of my favorite. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I credit Catherine Tate for being able to give such depth that she did to make – Donna be one that I would easily say, oh, and I would actually sure. like to see her play against Capaldi. I mean, I think yeah. he would, oh, he would yeah. play really well against her. That would be awesome. wonderful. You know, my son is the one who pointed this out to me that um, once we had gotten tired of the idea that Martha is in love with the doctor, just like Rose, that we sort of have the question, is this what the new series is going to be? Is it about all these, this succession of women falling in love with the doctor? And then there's this moment where we rely on a cheap pun where the doctor says he just he just wants a mate you know well, and her response me, is you're not you know mate with me space man yeah <laughs> and and that's funny and what a relief exactly so, okay we're we're back on safe ground again <laughs> on to feedback top number 3 the names submitted here were Liz Shaw hmm. Rory Williams Rory Rose Tyler, hmm. Clara Oswald. Clara. So let's briefly mention Liz Shaw. Uh, Who is this Liz Shaw you speak of? Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm a fan of the classic series, and I kind of say the same thing. I, I like the fact that Liz was introduced as somebody who is a, a career woman, and she's, she's smart and independent thinking, but uh, I just never um, – warm to her i felt like that's it and i think that's a flaw of the writing i don't think that it's a a problem with the the performer with the actor but i just never i, w I, w I wish that we had more about why uh, someone uh, uh put her up as being a all right so a i'm going to I, i'm going to make a speculation and i'm going to bounce off of what lee just said i think and and again this is not in any you know, way saying that there's something wrong with how the actress, uh, you know, portrayed the role. I think th that the producers or writers perhaps may have been trying to break that mold of the damsel in distress, yes. um, you know, companion. And they did that, but they made Liz a little bit too un you know, undamsel in distress. You know, she was a little too liberated for 1970, 1971, for which, you know, she was created. Because when you look at and you compare Liz to immediately being with her predecessor of Joe Grant, yeah. yes, Joe was independent, but, but she also fit that damsel in distress. She was very, you know, oh, yes. <laughs> relying on the doctor to get her out of, you know, whatever the, you know, and how do we do this doctor? She, you know, didn't 
have that sense of confidence maybe that Liz did. And perhaps when they were then followed up by with Sarah Jane, the way Elizabeth Sladen played, not only was she, she didn't play the damsel in distress in, in the sense, in my opinion, of, oh, I'm weak, but she was independent but relatable. Yeah. Perhaps. So maybe maybe what they tried to do with Liz is my point being what they tried to do with Liz, they got to work with Sarah Jane. Perhaps. Yeah. What about Rory? We mentioned him briefly earlier. Anybody want to take Rory? Clarence, <laughs> since you're since you're more of Clarence, who, uh, I could I could give a take with Rory, honestly. I enjoyed his character, but I don't think there's anything particularly about him that just jumps out at me as being profound. Of course, he had the Centurion storyline or whatever. Uh, that was cool. But yeah, to me, he was just uh, the sounding board for Amelia. <laughs> um, he was an okay character, but I just don't think his impact on the series was that great. All right. I will I will say his impact, other than being the father of River Song, would be yeah. A, he kept dying and he kept coming back. And B, he was the first husband in a husband and wife team that were actually married who traveled in the TARDIS. That's cool. Yeah. So are we ready to give our uh number Three, because I think it would come down to Donna and River. Or do we want to hold perhaps until we mention number two before coming back to number three? Yeah, let's, does anyone have Donna higher on the list, on their list, or River higher on their list? Well, let me say this. Let's move <laughs> on to number two, and then we'll come back to number three. <laughs> okay. That All right. Your- so <laughs> on our number two, we have... Donna Noble. So one of us put Donna Noble. And on our number two, for the first time that we have the same name, Rose Tyler. Yes, Rose. (laughs) You know, I'll briefly talk about her. Um, Now that I really think about it, I don't really know if I want her at my number two. I think my affinity for her uh, largely stems upon the fact that she's my first my first companion and um you know she went through an era that of the first season that many people now don't even rave about or don't have a lot of good things to, to say about with uh, El- Elkison she was my first i i even like Elkison a lot even though people um people say he's not their favorite um doctor but just him being my first and her being my first make them both really special to me even though they're oh. they, they're not the highest rated of, of, of all the doctors or companions. Um, I, yeah. So that, that's my affinity for her right there. That, I, that she's my first and I enjoyed her a lot. So, so Lee, were, were you the other Rose Tyler or was that me? No, that was me. Oh, um, Oh, yeah. I, so I did put, uh, wait, 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 wait. So you, so who put river song as number three? I'm pretty sure I did. I think. Okay, because maybe I didn't put the Brigadier, and I did put River Song. <laughs> okay. Since, since we don't wobbly. remember. Be- because yeah. if you both put Rose Tyler, 
then I put Donna Noble as number two. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, we've uh, my, here's my take uh, take on Rose. Uh, my take on Rose would be she is the companion who introduced Doctor Who to a new generation. And if she had not worked, there's a good chance that we would not be sitting here today talking about Doctor Who. So that's true. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so let's let's look at what our feedback Amelia Pond, Clara Oswald, mm. Captain Jack Harkness. That's Jack. And Zoe. 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 <laughs> which I find that quite interesting that Zoe's ranked up that high on on number two. So I mean I give that two. Yeah. That's, you know, that's very good. And you know, we briefly mentioned Zoe earlier saying that she was from, you know, the future and was paired with Jamie. And I think they had a very good chemistry of playing off of each other. Uh, yes. You've probably not seen anything with Zoe, have you, Clarence? Uh, no, I have not. All right. Lee, do you want to add anything on Zoe? Um, smart as the doctor. That's that's important. Um, the, she's also, um, and now I'm blanking on the actress's name. Wendy Padbury. Anyway. Wendy Padbury, thank you. And she's just as cute as a button. My golly. And I, I think that uh, this may have been Dave. I sense the presence of Dave. I Cooper did too. I really, really yeah. did. But, I, but Dave and I both um, have a tendency to say, oh, I love this companion because she's such a cutie. And then that's as far as we can get with what. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Zoe really is a great character, especially for the time. On, on television when she's uh, she's being written. But my golly, what a cutie. And, and you so. know, the fact of the time of when it was being written and yeah. she got away with the one-piece bodysuit, basically. <laughs> the cat suit, yes. The cat suit, you know. And <laughs> wow. uh, yep. that got, got past, you know, and I know censors in UK and censors in America are different. But for the time that it was, if she's the second Doctor uh, companion, that would have had to have been 66 to 69 that, yeah, but you, you know, know I, I was just thinking about this earlier. Um, yeah, I think about Wendy Padbury and her cat suit a lot. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> but you know, on American TV, where we've always been a lot more square than the British, we had uh, Catwoman and Batgirl. True. Um, yeah. Who, who, who appeared to be basically wearing body paint as well. So. Uh, yeah. Very very true. So well, and frequently, uh, uh, Emma Peel was uh, had had uh, sort of a similar outfit too on on the Avengers. So, uh, so anyway. do do we want to rest? Well, we need to go back to our number three. So we see that Donna appears in number two and number three, and we've got River Song and we've got Rose, River Song and Donna for. Uh, number two, along with the brigadier, I mean, number three, along with the brigadier. And we've got Rose and Donna for number two. So who do we think? It may have to be Rose two and Donna three then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Because, you know, since we had two people who voted for Rose, I'm going to say Rose should be number two. So there we go. Drum roll. Let's go back to number five, Jamie oh, yeah. and Captain Jack. And, um, and, and, to make, and let me say this, to make it even more interesting, <laughs> I'm going to throw in 
the feedback top five of Mickey, Rose. Well, we've already chosen Rose, so we can also choose from Tegan or Mickey. We've got Jamie, Captain Jack, Mickey, and Tegan. Jamie's in an interesting position because he actually traveled with the Doctor longer than any other companion, but most of those episodes are missing. So we, we haven't seen them. True. But, you know... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm willing to concede on Jack. You know, uh, a lot of Jack's allure really takes place when he's not even a companion. You know, he, he has a lot of longevity it's in his own series. But <laughs> as far, right. as, far as... At least. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... Oh, God. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just got that. That was a good one. But yeah, I'm, I'm willing to to let him be taken off and and uh, leave leave Jamie McKinney. All right. Now. So here's here's what I'm going to say then. Considering the fact that Jamie appeared with the Doctor in the '60s, as well as again with the Doctor, not only number two but number seven. Or, no. or six, excuse me, six. six and two at the same time in the eighties. Number five, I think, is going to have to go to Jamie. Yeah. So, getting us to number one, we've got number five, Jamie. Number four, Amelia Pond. We've got number three being Donna Noble. Number two, Rose Tyler. Now, number one, <laughs> someone put oh, Clara Oswald. <laughs> That was me. Um, I know she doesn't stand a chance with you guys, but <laughs> she is my personal yeah, number yeah. one. Okay. And, and I, my reasons are kind of, you know, she has a very unique story. I mean, whether you like the whole falling through time story or not, I think that's very unique. And her longevity as far as being with three different doctors Really makes her enduring to me. Probably too long to most people, but I mean, I really, really love Car- uh, Clara and her um, growth from when she, when she first started to this. What eventually got her killed. Her um, um, this this confidence that she has instilled in herself from from being from gallivanting with the doctor for too long was her ultimate demise and. Man, I just I just really love the the actor and the the character of Clara and um Hello? Yes, it's you. Who's this? It's me, Clara. The doctor. What do you mean, the doctor? I'm phoning you from Trenzalore. From before I changed. I mean, it's all still to happen for me, the coming. Oh, it's the coming. Not long now. I can feel it. Why? Why would you do this? I think it's gonna be a wonder. And I think you might be scared. And however scared you are, Clara, the man you are with right now, the man I hope you are with, believe me, he is more scared 
than anything you can imagine right now. Daddy, he needs you. So who is it? Is that the doctor? Is that the doctor? Yes. He sounds old. Please tell me I didn't get old. Anything but old. I was young. Oh, is he grey? Yes. Clara, please. Hey, for me. Help him. Go on. And don't be afraid. you a question. Will you help me? You shouldn't have been listening. I wasn't. I didn't need to. That was me talking. You can't see me, can you? You, you look at me and you, you can't see me. Have you any idea what that's like? I'm not on the phone. I'm right here. Standing in front of you. Please, just... Just see me. It was funny, when you guys were talking about some of these older, uh, or these classic characters, uh, like uh, Ace, and like uh, Zoe, and like Liz, you know, it seemed like I always saw a piece of that, those characters in Clara, and maybe that was the intention when they actually, uh, yeah. actually brought her out, so, yeah, I know she's not, she doesn't stand a chance as number one, but I just had to put her, because she is my number one. Okay. So, Clarence, let me ask you a question. Do you have any suspicion, any idea, any guess as to who uh, Lee and I might would have chosen as our number one? Well, I, I guess you cho- did. You choose the same person. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Uh, yes, this, we did choose the same person. So, who might we have chosen? Uh, Sarah Jane. Ah, Sarah Jane Smith. Yes. So, Lee. I give you the honors. Why should Sarah Jane be number one? Well, I don't know. I think Clarence has won me over to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's tough. I was surprised when I sat down to make my list that that uh, uh, that I, <laughs> I just it, it's funny that I couldn't figure out where to to place you know our most recent companion. Um. But I, 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 I think, and it's no fault of the of the actress, but I think I, I got fed up with her story because she's either the impossible girl or she's not, <laughs> or she's dead or she's not, and I'm it's just, yeah. I don't know. But, um, yeah, um, no, no, I, I think um, Kyle, that Clarence has already put his finger on it. That for for me, um, Sarah Jane is my favorite companion just because she was my first. And 
when I was growing up and our local PBS affiliate would, would show Doctor Who, they would start with Robot and they would end with Legopolis. Mm-hmm. So we would see a little glimpse of John Pertwee and a little bit of Peter Davison, but then we'd start over. <laughs> so uh, for most of the first part of that sojourn, it was Tom Baker, who will always be my doctor. Correct. Just like and, me. Uh, yeah, and Sarah Jane, who's always going to be my favorite companion. But but since we were trying to be serious about this, I had to think, why is she my favorite companion? Sometimes the scripts are not up to the talent of Elizabeth Sladen. Uh, so sometimes she has to do things that don't make any sense. Um, but um, but as the character and as the way Liz Sladen played her, I have always loved the fact that she's an independent free thinker and she has a, an unerring sense of, of right and wrong. And she will place herself in danger to do what's right. And, and that's true of a lot of the companions, of course. But um, she, she was just the first companion who wasn't a screamer. And, um, you know, and, and then, of course, there's this, this final, this sort of heartbreaking moment um, uh, where she finally has to say she's had enough. And it, it, I think it's, the way it's played, it surprised her, too. Yeah, but see, if you remember, if you go back to Robot and she, you know, whenever she's she's really just go back and watch that again. Yes, she yeah. says all of that, but she's mm-hmm. really just trying to get a reaction out of him. Yes. And, and yeah. then she says, oh, well, no, I was just kidding. And he was like, yeah. I'm being called back to Gallifrey and you can't yeah. come. And right. then it's like, oh, well, now I really do have to leave. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's not that's not what she wanted. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. That's yeah. That that's actually what happened. Yeah. But she got to boot it off the TARDIS. Well, yeah, kinda. Uh, yeah, he he gets the call to return to Gallifrey, and it's uh, it's an emergency, and he can't take her. The call. The call from Gallifrey. After all this time, Gallifrey. I can't take Sarah to Gallifrey. Must get her back home. Must reset the coordinates. South Croydon. You're a good girl, Sarah. Oh, look, it's too late apologizing now. Everything's packed. I've got to go. How did you know? What? I've had the call from Gallifrey. So? So I can't take you with me. You've got to go. Oh, come on. I can't miss Gallifrey. Look, I was only joking. I didn't mean it. Hey, you're not going to regenerate again, are you? Not this time. I don't know what's going to happen. You're playing one of your jokes on me, just trying to make me stay. No. I've received a call. And as a time lord, I must obey.
And uh, I'll, I'll give you a love to Harry and the Brigadier. Oh, and I can tell Professor Watson that you're all right. We've landed, and... Sarah. What? We've landed. Where? South Croydon. Hillview Road, to be exact. That's my home. I'll be off then. Yeah. Thanks. Don't forget me. Oh, Don't you forget me. My doctor. Does broaden the mind. Yes. Till we meet again, Sarah. That's never explained. Right. Why he can't right. Because uh, it's like within an episode or two, you know, he's got, a, he's got, uh, you know, what, who, who came after her? Uh, and I know she wasn't a cave woman, but. Uh, Leela. Leela. Right. Um, who was on my top five list for a while until I had to start moving them around to. <laughs> and yeah, I still feel bad about bumping Leela off the list because I loved her. But, um, but yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, it's just for me. It's 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 hard to replace Sarah Jane, and I was so I just I just as somebody who grew up with her as the Doctor's companion, that moment in school reunion when we saw her for the first time, that was just like a a punch in the stomach. Okay, yeah. so I couldn't believe it. So 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 before you go further, let me give my uh, argument as to why okay. she should be uh, be be number one. So for starters. Whether it was just for a pilot episode or whether it was just a one-off, Sarah Jane in 1980, three years after she left, uh, you know, leaving as a companion, got a, an attempt at least of making her own show. So yeah. again, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it may have been, but what? But hey, at least they attempted to make it. They had never tried to do that for a companion before. So that's mm-hmm. 1980. Uh, she was also selected to come back in three years later for, you know, 1983 for the 20th anniversary, and which she right. did. Uh, yeah, which is also terrible, but that's, right. uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so then let's jump up again. Uh, she Didn't she appear in 93 for that Dimensions in Time, which was really terrible? It's uh, even worse, right? Right. Um, <laughs> You're kind of defeating your argument no, here. No, 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 no. But, but, we're, we're talking about her getting bad bad, uh, bad scripts. But, right, uh, yeah. but, but my point is the longevity of the character and yeah. then in 2006 with School Reunion, that to me was the point to where even though they had said this is a continuation, not a reboot, you mm-hmm. had a companion who appeared with the third and the fourth Doctor in the 70s, appearing mm-hmm. now with the tenth Doctor in 2006, played by the same actress. Hello, Sarah Jane. <laughs> Oh my God, it's you, isn't it? 
You've regenerated. Yeah, half a dozen times since we last met. You look... incredible. So do you. <laughs> I got old. What are you doing here? Wow. UFO sighting, school gets record results, I couldn't resist. What about you? You died. I waited for you. You didn't come back, and I thought you must have died. I lived. Everyone else died. What do you mean? Everyone died, sir. That to me was the moment to where it glued New Who, as they call it, Classic Who, or as I've heard Lee, I mean, not Lee, Lewis say, it's just Doctor Who to me. That's when the two for me became just Doctor Who. And for that reason, for that reason, in addition to subsequent appearances, as well as four or five seasons of the Sarah Jane Adventures, it's why I think she should be number one. You start. But I haven't ever thanked you for that time. And like I said, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Something to tell the grandkids? Uh, I think it'd be someone else's grandkids now. Right, yes. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to ask. You there hasn't been anyone, you know. Well, there was this one guy. I travelled with him for a while. But he was a... Again, I know Dave Cooper will back me up on this. Just for us uh, heteronormative males, uh, my golly, her in the 70s. What a cutie. What a, <laughs> what a, what a, what a doll. Oh, my God. I was so in love with her as a teenager. <laughs> man. <laughs> man, oh, man. Anyway, but yeah, that's, you know, but if we're going to talk that way, uh, boy, Jenna Coleman, uh, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so. So speaking of Jenna Coleman, let's yes. go to feedback for number one from the those who voted in the feedback poll. Very good. There are four votes, one for Donna Noble, one for River Song, one for Clara Oswald, and one for Clara Oswald. Yeah. So <laughs> this puts us in a very 
interesting yeah. predicament <laughs> considering the fact if we take in the feedback top five, yeah. Clara Oswald has three votes. Yeah. Sarah Jane has two. So, yeah. But if we look at just our votes, Sarah Jane has um, um, two. So, oh, so now we have to figure out if we're a, if we're a real democracy or a representative <laughs> republic, right? Right. <laughs> All right. So, what if I play the writer of the rules, so to speak? The writer of the rules. Okay, that's cool. I like that one. So, <laughs> what if I were able somehow to associate the two people so that um, we could they could share? Number one, would you, <laughs> would you be would you be happy with that? We, <laughs> we have a three to two tie. Is that what you're saying? We kind of if we, we have a three to two tie if we <laughs> include the feedback. If we don't, Sarah Jane is our winner. That's right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> how, how about we say Sarah Jane is the winner, and we just have like a honorable um, mention a footnote. <laughs> okay. Clara mentioned. All right, Clara, Clara, I, I'm good stuff. with that because ultimately Sarah Jane won, so I'm happy. But here was how I was going to allow them to share. All right. Okay. Uh, Clara, the name, when they were choosing the name, and I actually read this, I think, in an interview with Moffat at one point, when choosing the name Clara Oswald, that was shortly after Elizabeth Sladen had passed away in real life. And mm. Elizabeth Sladen's middle name is Clara, and she, in, she in a way, is named the character Clara, in a way was uh, in respect or homage to Elizabeth Sladen, who uh, played Sarah Jane Smith. So that was how I was going to tie the two together, uh, that she, Clara is Elizabeth Sladen's middle name. So there we go. But so our uh, top... Person, so let's count them down. Number one, Sarah Jane Smith. Number two, Rose Tyler. Number three, Donna Noble. Number four, Amelia Pine. And number five is Lee in his best voice of saying who? Jamie McClemon. Thank you, sir. <laughs> awesome. All right. So are we happy with our top five? Yeah, we'll it. I think we are, yeah. I, and I think we had a very lively discussion. And that was actually fun. Yeah, that's a good hour and a half. Is anybody listening? Anybody still with us? <laughs> well, we hope they are. They give up. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. And just as a uh, side note, we will have another top five. Whereas this has been companions, our next top five is going to be the top. Five villains slash adversaries. So I have a Ooh, feeling yes. this is going to be uh, as equally entertaining because this was actually fun for me debating this. This was fun. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, guys, do you have anything? I'll uh, ask you, Lee, first. Uh, do you have anything you've been working on or uh, want to talk about? No. No, no, no. That's, that's gonna that's gonna please everyone. They skip to the end. Skip to the end. All right, Clara. Yeah. I know you've also been working on another podcast that you're a part of. Tell everyone about that. 
Yeah, you can find that over at techpedition.com. That's uh, tech and like expedition together, techpedition. But uh, I just want to plug uh, this uh, article that I wrote about uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the summoning. It's like my first read of this thing that has been around for all these years and just kind of a take from a person who doesn't know doesn't know anything about the event so and this is the first part so i'm hoping to do each section and yeah check that out if you have time yeah do that because i am actually in the process of writing a not a rebuttal but just a uh counterpoint or and not even really a counter but from the old fanboys perspective after hearing the new perspective just as my own insights into what you read and and thought about it which i thought was quite good which you can find uh at DiscussingWho.com. You can follow us on Twitter at DiscussingWho, on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash DiscussingWho. And you can also leave us a voicemail. You can record it on your phone and send it through, you know, your iPhone, your Android, or you can actually call us and leave a voicemail at 805-850-DWHO, which is 3946, because we want to hear from you. So, all right, guys, do you have anything else other than what we've already discussed? I'll just say thanks. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks, thanks for everyone who actually took time to actually do their top, top five. Uh, we oh, really absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And we will have some more of those. We've already had th- – these four people have also voted for our uh, top villains. And uh, so that will be uh, – they will be included in that – next episode and what i should have done in any future ones that i'll do i'll you know give you an optional space if you want to leave your name your twitter handle or any contact information i'll allow that as optional or you know then if you don't want to you don't have to but uh like clarence said and he's very right and i apologize for not mentioning that myself um we thank you for taking your time to take uh, in and vote and we appreciate that so if you liked our top five, you disagreed with our top five, had someone else that you think should have been in the top five, call us, leave us a voicemail. We'll include it in a future show and get your feedback and tell us what you think. So uh, this was fun, guys. Definitely had lots of fun and learned a lot of things from you guys. Well, hey, awesome. that's... I think, that, I think the villains conversation is going to be even even more interesting. <laughs> Honestly... this is going to be... Yeah, yeah. I really think. I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but go ahead. No, that's all. I just think that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> you know, as hard as I will say this, as hard as the uh, companions were, the villains were a little harder for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, unless we have anything else, gentlemen, it has been an hour and 30 minutes of talking Doctor Who, and Woo! I can't think of anything better or anything else the better to talk about. So, uh, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure, and uh, for everyone else, we are out of here. <laughs>